the horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for what we will have to call the Belmont show. It's the Belmont Bonanza. What an unbelievable card uh, they're putting out for you in New York this week, folks. It's 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 crazy. It, it, the uh, graded action starts on Friday and then Saturday check this out when will you see this other than breeders cup day uh, belmont has 13 races eight of them are grade one races and they threw in a grade two just for horses that couldn't get in the grade ones but the first race get up folks get your chores done 11 20 in the morning the belmont is 644 and it's listed at race 11 now our first guest, I am so happy to say and blessed to have, is none other than Eric Reed, the trainer of Rich Strike. And we're going to kind of, you know, go over oh, what it's like uh, coming from Kentucky to the Big Apple and the adaptation of Rich Strike to the Belmont surface and the change in environment. And if you've watched any of the videos, photos, uh you this is it's amazing and this happens at three how much a horse can develop in five weeks i'm telling you rich strike looks great of course the great debate will be how's the pace of the race going to set up and we're going to ask the trainer what he thinks about the pace of the race and what he's going to do are they going to be special uh instructions for sunny my guess is you know you can't um teach an old horse too many new tricks and that's his running style that's the way he gets his mojo going i just got a feeling uh that uh, eric's gonna ask uh, uh to stay a little bit closer obviously he's not gonna be up amongst the front runners but he i don't think we'll ever see a race like that again if you've seen the aerial in the kentucky derby it's fantastic anyhow eric is our first guest and uh, what, a, what a pleasure it's, it's going to be to have him on. Now, our second guest, we had him on early on the Triple Crown Trail before the races began. And that was Byron King, the associate uh, editor of uh, the Blood Horse magazine. Uh, he wrote his Derby do- dozen columns leading up. And so I thought we'd bring him back for the third jewel, uh, not only to uh, talk about the 154th running of the Belmont Stakes, but to talk about some of the races on this fabulous undercard. So, I mean, all right, we'll, we'll touch on a few, and, and we're, we're going to go over it in, in addition to the Belmont. So, why am I telling you this? Because this, folks, is your opportunity to come on over and pull down the easy win forms. No better week than the Belmont Stakes as you pull down winning ponies, Easy win forms, and you got a big edge on a week where the pools are going to be huge, and you can make a big bet that will just get lost in the shuffle. Right now, Rich strikes sitting at seven to two. It may go up to nine to two, and even better. But something special: it's Belmont weeks throughout the whole Triple Crown. We at Winning Ponies bring you a free handicapping contest. So come on over again. Do you hear the word free? If it's free, it's for me. I hope it's for you. First place, $100 cold cash. And then uh, second through sixth, uh, we're going to give prizes out, uh, starting with uh, winning credits that you can use to get these great easy win forms. Um, and then uh, we got baseball caps uh, for the closest final time and the fifth and sixth place finishes. Um, and uh you can come on over and check and say, well, what do those easy win forms do, John? Well, we post it right there for you, folks, uh, what our picks were and what the results were. And as you can see, we go everywhere from the Horseshoe Indiana, where we hit a pick three for 1400 to Laurel with a $1 super key that paid 1700 
And Churchill Downs, Super 5, 28, Santa Anita, 21. That's not why you listen to this show. But come on over to Winning Ponies while you're entering the free contest. Check out our recent biggins at winningponies.com. And don't forget, betus.com. That's where you're going to want to lay off the bets of all the great horses we're going to give you tonight. Again, Byron King from the Blood Horse is going to be on. We're going to talk about some of the sensational matchups earlier on the Belmont card. I couldn't pick all seven, so let's pick out some ones that have some fantastic champion horses in there. We'll start with the third, Echo Zulu. Yes, she disappointed many of her backers in the Kentucky Oaks, finishing fourth. But that was a sneaky good race where she was right with the lead and just got tired. Not too bad. First time on a wet, fast track, mile and eighth. Acorn is only going a mile, but be there to meet her. Co-favorite almost, Mararea, who's coming out of three straight wins this season. The last two graded efforts, including the seven furlong, eight bells. So, while we're asking the talented Metarea to stretch out, we're asking Echo Zulu to shorten up. It's going to make for a great race. And then how about this for championship quality? Last year's top three-year-old filly, Malathot, versus uh, the mayor of the century, Latruska. You got to love this mayor. Six years old, 25 starts, 19 wins. She's won over $2.9 million. Again, she's six. Our just turned four year old Malathat has won seven of her nine starts, has never been off the board, and has won just $800,000 shy of $2 million. Again, uh, that's the Ogden Phipps. That'll be the seventh race at Belmont. And the great matchups don't stop there. How about the Metropolitan Handicap? It's the undefeated flight line against the well-seasoned speaker's corner who has really rolled into form of late for trainer Bill Mott. Three for three in 2002. It's flight line's first start. Flight line's never raced on the East Coast. The Colt is training fantastically. He always have, but there's a lot of space in between all his races. Three to five morning line? Hmm. Could be a bet against. We'll find out. Well, uh, again, I want to uh, uh, thank uh, Ed Meyer for uh, being with us last week. Uh, we covered all of the big uh, Best of Ohio races and had a, a good time had by all there. And quite frankly, we didn't do too bad if you were keeping score on your programs at home. Although we didn't fare well in the turf races because they came off the turf. But uh, so we got uh, Eric Reed. We got Byron King, who's going to cover not only the Belmont, but uh, the other races with us. If you think about it, there's 17 graded stakes this this week. So in, in addition to the ones I, I, I told you about on Friday, you've got the grade one New York. Hopefully they're going to get those turf races in. Weather's supposed to be a little dicey, a little iffy, but seems to be getting better the more we listen to it. And then you also have the better roses. That's a grade two uh, at Belmont Park um, and the Belmont Gold Cup Invitational. Um, that uh, two miles on the turf. Uh, so uh, another race you're uh, going to want to keep an eye on, of course, would be uh, the True North. That's going to be a great matchup. And in there, all eyes on Jackie's Warrior. So it's just going to be a fantastic Friday and Saturday, 17 graded stakes races in all. Now, the Belmont, John, you, I haven't had a chance to download the field yet. Who is it? Well, uh, this is the horse to worry about, breaking from the rail. We the people, only four career starts for the Son of Constitution, trained by Rudolph Prusset, who's gotten a little bit faster every race, had a terrible Arkansas Derby uh, av washed out from the beginning was five wide was never in the race other than that the horse would be undefeated the important thing to know about we the people in the peter pan which is a grade three and trainers have used it as a prep to win the belmont stakes um 
ran over a good track at a mile and an eighth. Can it go that extra furlong? Well, it won the Peter Pan by ten and a quarter. Flavia and Pratt will be back in the saddle at two to one. Second, if you're looking for a long shot, you can get Skippy Long Stockings. It was fifth in the Preakness. Horse to fear. A lot of people like in the Philly. You know this horse will get a lot of backing from the ladies in the audience. Nest is the name of the horse. A daughter of Curlin, trained by Todd Pletcher, who excels in the Belmont State. And, of course, this is one amazing filly from only six lifetime starts, four wins, a second, a third, $850,000. She's going to be on a lot of people's tickets. And then, drum roll, please, Rich Strike, the upstart at 80-1. to The Kentucky Derby winner likes to come from out of the clouds and will probably do that, though hopefully the clouds will be a little bit closer to we the people when they turn for home. Certainly from the performance we saw in the Kentucky Derby, we know Rich Strike strike thives thrives on distance okay then we got the young upstart that paid 150,000 to get into the preakness and went home with a check for 180,000 so paid its way brian hernandez will be back in the saddle ran a really good race in the preakness finishing third behind early voting and epicenter who will not be there on saturday then we've got a horse that a lot of people are liking the new yorkers especially the odds maker five to two morning line uh the biggest race to date the wood memorial a very game effort against early voting who, yes, came back and won the Preakness Stakes. That gives a bit more push to Mo Donegal, who finished fifth in the Kentucky Derby and was gaining. Certainly will be on the bottom of my exacta ticket. And then long shots on the outside at 20-1 to 1, Golden Glitter with a Dylan Davis aboard. And then on the outside, Barbara Rose. Dance a lot of dances. Always right there. You might want to keep him on your ticket because he always seems uh, to get a piece of the pie. So uh, that is a look at the Belmont from the inside out. Again, we the people, the speed, and closing like a freight train will be Rich Strike. Well, that pretty much uh, closes out the news of the week, what you need to know, and reminders to get your easy win forms and get your action over at BetUS.com. So, that's a look at the future. Going to take a quick break, and we come back. We're going to be talking to the trainer of the winner of the Kentucky Derby, Rich Strike, none other than Eric Reed. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Guys, with a lot of big racing right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS for all of your gambling needs. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades thriving and paying their loyal customer base. With action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we got your game. So join now using Capital Ponies and get a big 125% deposit bonus up to 2,500. So play with the mainstay in the industry. Get your bets down with betus.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. But before you go to BetUS.com, you want to come over to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms. They're inexpensive, they're fast, and look on the site. You're going to see our results. We 
come up with some excellent plays every week, and the results are right there. So come on over to winningponies.com, get your easy win forms, and then get your action down at betus.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me now, uh, a man of his word. Uh, several weeks ago, shortly after the Kentucky Derby, uh, Eric Reed was on our show for, for the second time. He said, "He said I'll be back on with you before the Belmont. I don't want to ruin our mojo. I'm not going to change anything. I just want you to know that tomorrow I will be I dressed identically as I was on Derpy Day. I don't care how hot it is. I'm putting on my photo vest, and I'm going to be someplace watching the race. So I keep my mojo going, too. Well, uh, anyhow, I, I know this would be an answer that would take the whole show, but how's life since winning the Kentucky Derby, Eric? It's been a lot of fun, man, but it's real busy too, you know. Uh, so uh, it, it was uh, shortly after you had left the air. I, I, I go up on Facebook, and, and there's a picture of you and Gabriel Lagunas. People might not know who he is. They will after uh, this event. Um, but he, he's a regular rider at Belterra Park, like Sonny Leone. And I'll tell you what, Gabe's got more stuff for his scrapbook. Uh, to, he'll be good for a lifetime. Every look up, Every time I look up, I see a picture of Gabe Lagunas and Rich Strike going by. Yeah, Gabriel's, uh, he's just doing a phenomenal thing for us because he's so unselfish. He's given up riding days and winning mounts to be part of this, um, you know, part of this whole uh, deal that we're doing. And, and, I mean, it's just amazing that somebody that can be winning seven, eight, ten races a week walks away from that for a couple weeks at a time to, to help us get the source of these big races when he's not even going to pilot him. But I mean, that's just the kind of guy Gabriel is. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I can't thank him enough. He's probably one of the most intricate pieces of this whole puzzle, you know. And uh, well, he, he and that horse has something special. Well, the, the horse is something special. Uh, he shipped in by van. Uh, you, you guys flew in, so kind of set the scene for us uh, w- w- when you show up at Belmont. He's already bedded down, and, and just describe like the next I don't know week or so, um, because everything I've seen from day to day to day, Eric, uh, and I'm trusting your eyes uh, for this. He just looks bigger and stronger. Now, uh, okay, I'm not a, a geneticist, but I know that this is a three-year-old season, and like a high school kid going to college, a horse can grow a lot in a five-week span. Has he just gotten more muscled? Has he grown, or is he just feeling more vigorous in New York? He looks fantastic. You know, it's it's strange. You're about the third person this week to come and tell me that. And you know, I see him every day, so it's hard for me to to notice. But he, you know, everyone says he's gotten bigger, he's stronger, and he's absolutely more confident in everything he does. So I mean, he's a he's a better horse than before the Derby, and that's not me just saying it. I mean, he truly is. When you watch him on the track especially the last four days. It's almost scary how good he's getting. Well, everything I'm hearing from the clocker to the, the guys in the press box are, are validating that. They're saying, folks, th- this isn't the, the horse we don't know who he is anymore. You you look out there and you go, crap, that's a derby winner. Look at him. I mean, a lot of trained eyes are saying you've got a beast on your hands, and congratulations for turning him into that. Well, thanks. He's, uh, 
he's come a long way in a short time. But, I mean, physically, he's a specimen right now. We took him over today and schooled him before the first race with the horses in the paddock. And I just needed to get a gauge, you know, do I have him a little too keyed up or, or is he on, on a level field? Because he thought he was going over for the race and get saddled up and go out and compete. And sure. um, he walked in that paddock and he was laser focused. I mean, it was just incredible what I saw today. And he caught the eye of a lot of people in that paddock. So the new environment has not thrown Rich Strike off his track at all, huh? I think it's helped him. I mean, he's he's so relaxed on the track because it's so big. He doesn't have a horse every 100 feet, you know, that's coming by him or, <laughs> or in front of him that he thinks he's got to outrun. So he's able to really get his groove on. And the man he is, he's just peaking exactly when you'd want a horse in the Triple Crown horse to peak. And, you know, I'm not even sure if he's peaking. I just know he's just getting better quickly. Well, he, he, he looks, uh, he, he looks fantastic. I just want you to know, I, I stopped by Belterra park today just to see Sonny and, and shake his hand and, and wish him best of luck. And, you know, I mean, all the pony people, the people in the stand, the old timers, Eric, that knew you guys from back when you just don't know how many people are taking this ride with you because all those people you met on the way up are wanting you to go even farther. And it's great to see, like I said, the pony people, the gate crew, everybody knows you. And, man, they just love it, and they can't wait for you to win this race. Uh, I hope we can. I know he's going to give everything he's got. And, you know, it means everything to me to have all these guys, you know, supporting us back home. Because, gosh, half those guys raised me and taught me some of the things I know. And, you know, it's... uh, it's still home to me. Always will be. And when this ride's over, I'll be right. You know, same guy was a year ago before Rich Strike came. So, um, it's truly humbling though, to know how much support we're getting with all these guys. And like you said, it's, it's awesome to watch Sonny be part of this because, um, man, he deserves it. He's, he's such a class act and he's a very, very good rider. All right. Well, late breaking news. We like to break that here on Winning Ponies. Uh, just found out that uh, uh, he, he Sonny won four yesterday. I know I'm pretty sure he won at least one today. Two that he won on yesterday were yours. But he's on the plane tonight, and you actually have him going to be working horses tomorrow, and you've got him entered in a couple on race day. Because let's face it, I don't know if you've been to Belmont before, but the first time I was there, I thought I was going to the Grand Canyon. That place is huge. Yeah, you can't even see across the track. I have a hard time in the mornings. I tell Gabriel, you got to wear white sleeves because I have no idea where you are. And, um, I mean, you know, I told Sonny the same thing. I said, it, you need to get out, gallop horses, work horses, whatever we got to do to get you on the track so you understand the turn because the turns are just different. The poles are different colors than we're used to seeing at all the tracks. And, you know, you have no idea what pole you're at. It's it's completely um, just something you can't even draw on paper. You can't. You've got to be on the track to see it. So i um, been blessed with George Weaver helping us put him on some horses to breeze, and we did get him some mounts uh, tomorrow and Saturday before the, the Belmont to help him. And I mean, you know, Sonny, I, I always take good care of him. I give him the 20-hole out of the Derby, and now he gets his first trip at, at the Belmont Park and, and the Belmont State. So why not? You know, what a oh, it's a for, setup. Right? Yeah. Oh, man. He, he could do this stuff in his sleep. You're just along for the ride, you know. Make sure you, make sure you tip him when it's all over. That's great. <laughs> now, obviously, you're not blind of reading a racing form, and you can't help but, you know, hear what people are saying. And, you know, uh, the 800-pound or 1,200-pound uh, uh, gorilla in, in the corner is the, the horse down in the one hole. We the people, I don't think there's any question uh, that that horse is going to be setting uh, the pace. But And he was impressive at a mile and an eighth, but he's got a ways to go after that. And a horse who was impressive in the final eighth of mile in his last race uh, was Rich Strike. Are you hoping somebody might go up and at least keep we the people company until you guys are ready to move? Somebody has to. Um, you know, I just can't imagine that everybody would, would, would just allow you to go out there and just canter around the track. So um, I, I don't know who it's going to be. I won't be surprised if a couple people, not necessarily try to go with him on the front end, but just keep him on with it. But, uh, you know, I watched Belmont replays the other night, started in 2009 and worked my way up. And 
by the time, time I got to 2019, I was so depressed. I turned it off. I said, I don't want to see anymore. You can't win from where I'm going to be in. You know, <laughs> I, I was just like, gosh, why did I do this to myself? But um, this horse is a different horse than Derby, and, and I, I truly believe he won't be where people think he is early in the race. I think they're going to be surprised when, when they get to the turn what this horse is doing. Yeah, and, and I mean the first turn. And, and you're not going to change the horse's colors, but he, he's got no. to realize he's got a long way to go yet. <laughs> and you, you can't lollygag too much at Belmont Park because, you know, usually where you see the three furlong marker at a lot of the one-mile tracks we're at is actually – pretty much where the quarter pole is at Belmont, isn't it? It's weird. You've got to really wait and be patient. It's a big sweeping turn. So, But uh, I just think we have a, a – this horse has grown mentally. He's so much more aggressive with everything he's doing. And I believe he'll break and, and he'll size him up, but I don't think it'll take you very long to say, okay, let me go get him. And uh, if he can just – he can get within four or five lengths somewhere down the backside. Uh, it'll be a heck of a horse race. Yeah, I mean, if if he can just pretend it's a mile and a quarter, the way he was motoring the Kentucky Derby, that extra furlong sure didn't didn't look like uh, it, it would be a problem for him. But it, it's just no, so he, great. He now. won't have a problem with the distance. No, no, and uh, y- you know, it, everybody. It, in New York, of course, that they they love to back uh, the New Yorkers and you know people with the New York connections. I think Mo Donegal. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, him go off at the favorite or Ness because they're both Pletcher trainees. He's had success in, in, in the Belmont, but none of that means anything. You know what we're looking at here is, is a chunk of history, and uh, I don't I don't know if that's a a blessing to your heart or a weight on your shoulders, Eric. Well, it's a little of both. Uh, you know, naturally, we had nothing to lose going into the Derby. And, um, you know, with our running style, you know, nobody's going to give us much respect right here if he runs typically the way he normally does. But I, I just see a change to So um, I, I got a lot of pressure because I want him to keep this respect. And he might not win the race. I hope he does. But I, I, I'm almost certain when it's over, um, he's going to get a whole lot more respect, and and I think from here on out, when he's entered, people are going to know he's he's one of the horses to be, not just a you know the horse that came from way behind and won the Derby. Now I I have to ask you uh, on a personal front because I'm sure this happens to every Derby trainer unless your name is Baffert or Pletcher. Have you gotten calls from clients that perhaps have never approached you before, or kind of thinking that they might want to send their horses to Mercury uh, Equine Training Center? Yeah, we have. Um, we've we've had a number of that, and um, you know, a lot of us just want to be part of the of the ride, and others are serious. So, um, it, it, it's just one of those things where right now it's all about Richie, and I'll worry about that stuff after the Belmont. Oh, it, it's 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 just fantastic. I mean, we've got the game plan. You've got you've got all the pieces in place. Uh, you've got you got Sonny coming in tonight. He's going to get a feel for the track in the morning. I'm sure I'll read about it. Um, you know, I'm just I'm so glad you're with us tonight because I, I read uh, and I hope other people will Rar- Marty McGee's article. And uh, the only Derby miracle wasn't Rich Strike winning at 80 to one. It was you even friggin' being there w- with your heart beating. I mean, you, you've been you've been through more than uh, most people that uh, most, you've been to more hospitals than most doctors. I mean, I'm glad you're with us. It's been a heck of a ride. Well, you, you left out the one chapter, the time uh, that you had, you got overexposed to heat and you had your heat stroke at Belterra Park. And Correct. luckily, Correct. my office was right next to the medical station. And I and I told those people, OK, I lied. I only got a minute to go. Anyhow, I told myself, hey, this guy's going to win the Kentucky Derby someday. You got to take good care of him. Little did I know I was a seer. <laughs> But I'm glad hey, I had Gatorade. That, right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. You had me take a picture yeah, of me with I, IVs and a Gatorade. I, do. I remember you took a picture of me with the IV in my arm, yeah. 
<laughs> you go, oh, I got to send this to my friends. Anybody else would be hiding. Eric, they're telling me I got to go. God bless you, man. Uh, I'll be praying for you. I just want to let you know you've got such a swell of backing from all your old friends in the neighborhood. Uh, we, we love you. We love Rich, Rich Strike. We love Sonny Leone. Best of luck in the Belmont Stakes. Thank you very much. Tell everybody we hope to represent them well. See them soon. We will do that. Eric Reed, winner of the Kentucky Derby, a fantastic guy. After that interview, you got to be rooting for him. All right, going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be with Batman. That's right. The signal has gone out in Gotham City for none other than handicapper Byron King. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Guys, with a lot of big racing right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS for all of your gambling needs. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. With action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we got your game. So join now using Capital Ponies and get a big 125% deposit bonus up to 2500 So play with the mainstay in the industry. Get your bets down with BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. But before you go to BetUS.com, you want to come over to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms. They're inexpensive, they're fast, and look on the site. You're going to see our results. We come up with some excellent plays every week, and the results are right there. So come on over to WinningPonies.com, get your easy win forms, and then get your action down at Bet. US.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, welcome back to Winning Ponies. We're glad that you're with us and glad you're here for this final segment. And with the most historic race of the season at Belmont Park, the test of the champion, the Derby winner arrives in the Big Apple to take on some new shooters. Who do you call? (laughs) Well, the mayor of Gotham City has put out the bet signal. That's right. Byron King, currently disguised as the mild-mannered associate editor of the Blood Horse. 
pretending to be a native of Louisville, Kentucky. He was the undercover Kentucky handicapper and columnist for the Daily Racing Forum. He's smarter than a graduate of the University of Arizona racetrack industry program. He's busier than a paddock host and morning line odds maker for the Sam Houston Race Park. He can buy a horse with a single wave of his hand. And now he's called to task to guide us through eight graded stakes races, bringing us truth, justice, and the American way. He is Batman. Byron King, welcome <laughs> to the show. Oh, man. All I need now is just uh, for your, your listeners to envision the you know the bat signal up in the uh, up in the skies above Gotham, right? Right above Elmont, New York. That's right. That's yeah. right. Man. And in fact, I'm staring out at beautiful Elmont Park right now. I'm staring outside of uh, the press box up here at Belmont. It's a quiet day, uh, but uh, it won't be quiet for long. We have some uh, good racing here uh, over the over the. Coming days with the Belmont oh, Stakes on tip. Oh, it, it's going to be uh, uh, fantastic, Byron. On a couple different different events that are going to be presented before you, they're almost going to be, I hope, races we'll be talking about 10 years from now because certainly the cast of characters in so many of the races we're going to see line up for just uh, what could be historic matchups and thoroughbred racing, you know, given this decade. Yeah, it's we've got some really good racing coming up here, you know, beyond the, just the Belmont. There's just grade one after grade one. I'd say there's more grade ones on the card than other kinds of races on Saturday. That's how many there are. It's loaded. Um, the one negative to it is they got the star power, but they didn't get the depth to some of these races. There's a number of fields that have six or so horses uh, but in some cases, like in, let's say, for example, the Met Mile, you've got Flight Line and you've got Speaker's Corner, and there's only five in there. And it's tough to, to lure extra horses to run against two horses that are uh, on a roll like that. And we're going to see that uh, a, a lot on Saturday's card. Uh, but uh, it's kind of the nature of the beast these days. What can we say? Especially the horses we're going to be talking about, I'd run away from them, too, if I saw them in the entry box. So I can't blame some of the guys. But nonetheless, it, it's 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 going to be great. Now, Byron, we were discussing uh, before we started this segment the uh, current predicted weather conditions because that's going to affect some of your handicapping on the turf horses. Uh, races over the next two days and obviously you know we're all wondering if it does come up a little slippery and sloppy how will that affect the horses on belmont day so if you will put on your meteorologist hat please give us the outlook for the elmont park area well it's actually looking like it, it's uh, got a decent chance to be all right. I was, I was looking at some various different services, but right now I've got called up the National Weather Service, um, and that one is not quite as promising as one of the earlier ones I was looking at. Friday looks pretty pretty good, but Saturday there's a 60% chance of rain, according to them. Of course, the temperatures will be mild, but uh, hopefully, and, and my hope is, is that it, it, it will have ourselves a uh, a nice surface and and it'll be an enjoyable day. Hopefully, it won't be a you know a washout or anything like that. Um, so we'll have to see. It's saying potentially a tenth or a quarter of an inch. Who knows? Weathermen are about right about as often as handicappers. You know, if you're right about a third of <laughs> the time, you're, you're ahead of the game. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, so it, it happens. Well, Byron King uh, from the Blood Horse is uh, the other voice you hear on the airwaves right now. And uh, let's just talk about some of the races that you alluded to about, you know, so many of the stars and, quite frankly, champions uh, of uh, current years are going to be facing each other. And uh, one of the races that looks like it's going to be a two-horse event is the Grade 1 Acorn, a half a million on the line. But, you know, you got last year's champion Echo Zulu in there. 
uh, against uh, the uh, currently well in racing form Matarea from the Brad Cox barn. Now, Byron, let's go back to Echo Zulu, trained by Hall of Famer Steve Asmussen. Is there a chance that there's maybe a little chink in her armor after her first two starts this year? I don't think so. I think that, um, you know, it's easier now to, to look at it in hindsight, but I think that, you know, uh, they tried and they pursued the Oaks with her as a two-turn, you know, mile and an eighth kind of race because they kind of had to. She was undefeated in five starts leading up to it. Um, but I think clearly by the by his management and what he's outlined for what he wants for her in the second half of the year, he's looking at the acorn, he's looking at you know, the test, which is a seven for a long race. So I think he thinks she's probably a better one-turn filly. And he ran her predominantly one turn last year besides her Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies triumph. So, But I thought her Kentucky Oaks was sneaky good. I mean, she chased a fast pace, dug in, kind of took a brief lead uh, coming in the stretch, and then weekend to fourth, but only beaten three lengths by secret oath and and only was at a length behind nest so quite a strong effort in my opinion uh you know but at the same time she's facing a pretty good one here in uh, Matarea. so um um she's on a roll too um coming into this race off of one turn races but i don't think has been running against the same kind of class of horse all right. Again, uh, talking with Byron King, that was a, a quick look at the two standouts in the acorn. And then moving on through the card, which is just, uh, you know, plastered with great races, uh, comes up the Ogden Phipps. Similar scenario as far as big horses scaring people off. Uh, the the, the uh, fantastic, uh, she's got such a great life story to her. Uh, Latruska um, drew the inside post. Uh, she has more 100 buyer figures than she has any other lower number uh, in the last two years. She's phenomenal. But right there is, is a, a champion filly that you can't over. Overlook, and that's Malafat from the Pletcher Barn. Uh, both of these horses are, are, are millionaires, and sneaky sleeping in the woods could be Clary Air uh, should either of those two horses I mentioned first take an off step. Yes, and um, I think that this race plays to Latruska's strength. There's not a whole lot of speed in here. A little bit. You've got some token speed, I think, in search results, but she's the type that prefers to sit a length or two off the pace. Uh, so I don't think she's going to try to go head and head with uh, Latruska. And when Latruska is allowed to run on the lead, she's mighty tough to catch. And the apple blossom she had that same kind of trip, and Clarier came to her. looked like she was going to catch her and then could not go by. So um, I think this race on paper uh, looks to shape up similarly. Uh, Malfat comes off a, I would say, a fairly workman-like uh, performance in the Double Dog Dare, but she's a horse that doesn't win by a whole lot. She kind of does what's required. But she's a classy gal uh, herself. She won the Kentucky Oaks last year. And then you've got the others in here that, to fill it out that are pretty nice horses, too. You know, Bonnie South's pretty nice, and uh, I already alluded to search results. So only five, but five really good ones. Absolutely. Well, two races later, uh, we run into just uh, what appears to be a, a, a standout coming out race for uh, the people of New York to get a look at this phenom from the West Coast by the name of Flightline. Uh, this sh uh, horse has shown just amazing uh dominance in all three of its races the question is um but uh who, who's he beat john i don't know beat uh, stiletto boy who uh, certainly gets a whole lot of respect in the grade one malibu but that was december 21st john sadler's taking uh, a chance i could see from the workout tab uh that uh, this guy's ready to go but should it come up wet and it's going to be stretching out to a mile is Flightline really deserving of three to five in there with a horse like uh, Speaker's Corner that's going to be legit? 
I think this is a race that he certainly deserves to be the favorite, but there are some question marks to him. And so I could definitely see people that uh, have a little pause. And in fact, I kind of like a little bit of a price, a little bit. Um, I certainly respect Flightline and Speaker's Corner. I think there's just been so much kind of hype to the race that they could potentially get involved early. I could see that happening. And should they have a little tussle, I think this race could uh, perhaps get opened up to another horse. And Happy Saver, I think, is a horse that could be dangerous. He's a horse that's three for four at Belmont Park. He might prefer a little more ground, but I think if he gets the kind of pace set up that, that perhaps they're hoping for here, he could be dangerous. I thought he ran sneaky well in the Alley Sheba Stakes on Kentucky Oaks Day to be second to Olympiad, who's a really nice horse. Now, that said, he's got to step up his game to beat these two, but if you're looking for a price in a short field without a whole lot of them, Happy Saver, I think, uh, is intriguing at 8-1. to one. All right. Again, we're talking with Byron King uh, from the Blood Horse magazine, and we are going to move on to uh, the one that everybody's waiting for at 645 Eastern time. If all goes well, the gate will be opening to eight horses in the third jewel of the Triple Crown. They call it the test of the champion because most likely, unless some of these horses switch over to a career on the turf, they will never be asked to race a mile and a half again. And Byron, it sets up to be a very interesting uh, race. Uh, The handicappers are, this race just seems to fall as far as if you were a poker player and all of a sudden you saw the right card come down. We the People seems to have played right into this race off a win on a sloppy track at Belmont. That was a mile and an eighth. It was a grade three, though. He's going to be going up against horses coming out of uh, races with grade one experience in Creative Minister, Mo Donegal, and what I believe is currently the Rodney Dangerfield of New York handicappers, Rich Strike. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, it's a race that uh, I think is... The challenge to it is just evaluating how the pace is going to affect things because, I mean, you sit here and you look at the PPs in here, and it's hard to make a case for who could possibly pressure we the people uh, who looks like the controlling speed from the inside. I mean, there's just most of these horses just want to stalk or come from far behind, and that could leave him enjoying a, a rather easy lead. Now, having said that, I generally prefer lone speed when you're not the favorite. Uh, this horse is the two-to-one favorite. Reason being is usually, like, they'll let you go if you're ten-to-one. They think you'll come back, you know. And when you're the favorite, they tend to come after you a lot more. Except I don't know if there's any in here that can actually truly run with them, even if their riders uh, tried to keep up. But having said all that, uh, my choice is Modonical. I'm going to stick with him, even though I don't really like the pace set up on paper. I just think this is a horse that has shown a high level of ability over his entire career. He wins the Wood Memorial, beating early voting, the Preakness winner. Early voting had everything his own way that day, and he still ran him down. I thought that was a great race. He then runs in the Kentucky Derby, runs respectably. He runs fifth, beating three and three quarters. He broke from the rail, which nobody wants to break from the rail in the Kentucky Derby, and he broke slowly, and the pace was hot that would benefit a horse like him. But, you know, he ran well, and uh, I think he'll he'll run well again in five weeks between starts. And as for Rich Strike, I certainly respect him. He's training great, but I just look at his past performances, and I see two wins at Churchill Downs. And I see losses elsewhere. So I think he could potentially be ripe for a little regression. But I've been wrong many times before, so uh, you never know. I do love his story, and I do love that people can identify so much with him that this is the kind of horse that I could have claimed, that I could have owned and become a Kentucky Derby winner with. You know, I, I, I just wonder, and again, you know, I, I – understand the rationale of the knockers but i just wonder if rich strike is the ugly duckling and all of a sudden uh 
he's as a three-year-old he's kind of grown into the horse everybody was hoping he wants would be and I, I just think when, when I see the videos and, and the photos uh, that I'm getting out of the New York press I mean to me it's like wow that's a horse that's on the muscle and relishes going over to that track hey, have you had a chance to either see him train or see videos of it and did you have the same oh, yeah. feeling oh yeah. absolutely yeah I watched him here the other day uh, not today he had a, a pretty light day but on Tuesday he had a stiff gallop and they actually kind of let him go with like a little two minute clip at the end of it and the racing form guys timed him covering his last three furlongs of it in roughly 40 seconds, which is almost like workout speed, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's just a horse that's shown a lot of energy, and those are the kinds of things you want to see. And he also worked in 59, you know, at Churchill Downs before coming here. So he's showing a lot of good signals there, and perhaps he is just blossoming, even if you put aside you know, him winning the Derby at 80-1 to 1 and whatnot. He was a horse that had been training well there. I remember watching him train at Churchill Downs that week and uh, watching this horse chestnut come by and look good. And But then I looked at him and saw, oh, he's the also eligible. He's not getting in. <laughs> you know, and then sure enough, you know, he got in. But um, And so I I wish I'd paid more attention to him because we just thought, you know, he'd be running in a different race. Uh, He had to have so much go right for him in the days leading up for it that allowed him to start. And literally the scratch that cleared the way for him to run took place 10 minutes before the deadline. And into the field he went and into the winner's circle. Well, you know, I I just pray there's a chapter two or a volume two of the Rich Strike story, because as you said, it's a great one. And uh, if you're listening to the show, you know what it is. Uh, Original small town uh, trainer couple ends up getting married. She's related to Charlie Kutzinger that won on a war, war admiral. He's a second generation trainer. They build a beautiful facility. Uh, that was the former rundown Spendthrift Training Center. Then they, the, a third of the facility, devastated, uh, lost 23 horses, thinking about getting out of the business because of the help of all the people in the industry. They helped them back on their feet, and then from out of nowhere, they win the Kentucky Derby. Uh, like everybody has said, you can't make this stuff up. It's the true story. But if you pitch it to Hollywood, they'd say, oh, we already saw that one. <laughs> Yeah, it is remarkable. I mean, I honestly think that even as remarkable as mine, that bird was, you know, coming from, (laughs) you know, New Mexico and all that. I mean, for what this horse did, I mean, he was... He was 80 to 1. It was the second highest price in the history of the race. And, um, you know, he was a horse that hadn't run, what, better than third in, in any of the stakes races leading up to it. I mean, he was, oh, uh, he was fourth, yeah. I think, in the John Battaglia. You know, I mean, there was, it was a stretch to look at his past performances and come up with him, uh, winning the Kentucky Derby. But, you know, that's why we play it. You know, if they ran it every time that the, and the favorite won, we'd all say, oh, it's boring. Right, right. Well, Byron King, I'm getting the salute from the people in the production studio that uh, as much as they love you as me, I've got to give you uh, a fond goodbye. Enjoy your dinner in uh, the Big Apple tonight. And uh, thanks so much for your time. And all I can say is enjoy this day at Belmont Park because I I think you're going to see some standout horses. A, several that are already champions, but B, is some that may be crowned champion down the road. Yeah, well, I look forward to it. All right. Thank you to Byron King. Thank you so much to Eric Reed. Best of luck with Rich Strike. And don't forget, everybody, we've got a contest for the Belmont Stakes. You can win cash. You can win pon- winning ponies credits for the easy win forms. But, uh, they had just been doing fantastic. So uh, come on over, winningponies.com. Get in the contest. It's free. It's easy. Come on, folks. What are you waiting for? Have a great Belmont from Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. 
We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners. We'll be right back. 